Hey, it's your friend, the Dancing Housewife. Are you completely addicted to ballroom dance like the Dancing Doc and me? Or maybe you're just getting started, or even an interested wallflower. Wherever you are on your dance journey and however you got there, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a cup of joe and join me for episode 23, Ballroom Bliss with Sandy Buckholtz, part two. In this week's episode of Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife, Sandy Buckholtz and I pick up our conversation where we left off last week, discussing fashion trends in ballroom dance costumes. It's funny because people don't think that there's trends, oh. but there are, you know? Right. And right. and so people that don't compete a lot are like, how could there, what's, how could there be a fashion trend? And I'm like, oh, trust me, there is, you know, or colors that are big or feathers are big or poofy skirts or even in right. standard, you know, the style of floats uh, change all the time right. Of, right. of what's in for the year. So I think a lot of other consignment companies have a lot of older styles where I get a lot of current things. And I have to say, even though I had to shut down during COVID, COVID was one of the best things that happened for my business because people ended up gaining weight. Right. And they didn't want to and buy they a couldn't, dress. Yes. They couldn't <laughs> fit in their dress, but they didn't want to buy one. Right. So they, my rentals went out of control the following year. But then my inventory also grew because people then decided, I probably am not going to fit in this dress. I'm just right. going to give it to Sandy. And, and I tell people, and this was, I think... I understand what you were saying about your dresses. If you think you're going to wear your dress, don't rent it because you're not going to get, it is going to take the wear and tear. And then if you do try and sell it or you want to wear it again, it has wear and tear that shows on the dress. But if you have gained weight or maybe you even quit dancing and you're not going to wear your dresses again, rental is a great option if you don't want the dress for yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm literally going to pack these up and send them to you. I had four dresses um, that I wanted to sell. I sold two to a couple of new dancers in our studio. And the frankly, these two dresses are so small that they, no one can fit in them. I mean, I, they still fit me, but like you said, the style is not really current anymore. And it's a, you know, they're beautiful, but for me and the level that I'm dancing right now, I, I can't, I need to be more current in my costumes. So I'm just, I have to part ways as much as I love them. (laughs) It is. And it's, it's hard. I mean, a lot of people are like, I'm going to send you dresses. Oh, I don't know if I really want to let go of this one. You know, it's, and I also get women who they send things and they want, they ask a lot of money. And then I had one woman and it was cute. She, she was a real estate agent and she had a good analogy. She said, it's kind of like the real estate business. Everybody thinks their house is the Taj Mahal and it's really not. It's only worth what somebody will give you for it. And the same, the same goes for ballroom costumes. It was like, you have this attachment because you paid $5,000, but you wore it you know, many times it's, it's not really in style. It doesn't fit you right anymore. It's not worth $5,000. anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. but it's, it's hard, you know, it is, it is. And I mean, I'm emotionally attached to every dress because I have, 
memories. I think because I danced with my husband, I think, oh, Pat, do you remember when we did this and I was wearing this dress? Or do you remember when we went to this dinner after Ohio and I wore this or dress? Or won some big competition <laughs> yeah, in it, you know, something. if you yeah, win yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my next question is, if I am a person that has some costumes that I no longer wear or that I need to sell for whatever reason, what is that process? Can you walk us through that process too for the seller or the renter? Sure. Uh, typically at the beginning, because I wanted to expand my inventory, I took in pretty much anything anyone would give me. But now I think people know what to expect, which is a good quality dress at a very reasonable price. I don't like, I ask everyone for a photo now of the dress before I accept it. Uh, mm -hmm. One, because I don't want to have uh, a couple of things in the same size that are, look similar. And some right. designers do design dresses that are very similar. Right. So I don't want to have that, that conflict. Um, and now I don't want to take in the out of style or very stone sort of practice wear looking dresses because I just, nobody's looking for that. So I'm, right. I want to kind of, especially because I'm not vending a lot and people can't always see in person the inventory, the people that right. have really good luck with renting or purchasing from me, I want them to know when they see something new, it's not going to be the cheap dress or the right. out of style dress. So right. um, it, once I see the photo and I decide to take the dress in, um, I get it if someone is not sure when they're selling it what they want to ask for it. Um, I advise that they wait till I get it in person. Sometimes the dress is a little worse for wear than they think it is. Right. And I can I can give them an idea and say, you know, typically this is what my market is. This is what my market will bear as far as pricing. We can price it higher, but people are probably not going to be as willing to try it on unless right. I say, you know, and everybody's negotiable too. Like we set a price on the dress. If I see somebody that's really interested, I'll say, you know, make an offer to the owner or make, an, make the offer to me, I'll take it to the owner. And then I'll call you and say, hey, I know she came down $400 on this dress, but I can't answer. Maybe at that moment, you're going to say, you know what? I just want to sell my dress. Sure. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the other thing, thing also that folks need to consider is the size range, because I know this one dress that I'm going to send you is like a size two to four, zero. maybe two to six. Well, it might be a zero. I don't know. It's, it's pretty like it fits me, but it's, it's one of my tighter dresses. And I wear like a, normally I wear like a, you know, like everyday street clothes, a two or a four. And so it is, it is, you know, it's one of my tight dresses. So it's probably, it's pretty small. And so there's not a huge market for that dress. So you have to consider that as well, I think. And um, like I said, I've had a real shift in my um, attitude about selling these dresses. I, I let my other two dresses go for a steal, and I'm willing to do that with you too, with, you know, selling through you too. So, um, well, now this whole business of Ballroom Bliss started because you're a dancer. So I would be remiss if I didn't find out about your dance career. When did you start dancing? And what styles are you dancing? I started dancing just before I turned 50. 
<laughs> which uh-huh. was uh, uh, 2006. I had had two rotator cuff surgeries in the same shoulder, and I used to rollerblade a lot. And my physical therapist said, I don't think, even though knock on wood, I never fell, that was not the reason for my rotator cuff surgeries. Uh, that was just a, a hobby. And he's like, I don't think it's a good idea for you to continue to do that because if you do fall, you are really going to mess up your shoulder. So um, I always loved dancing. I did a little tap dancing when I was a kid, but that was it. Um, a ballroom studio had just opened 10 minutes from my house. And I thought I need to get some kind of a little bit of exercise where I'm not really using my arms a lot. So I got my neighbor who was actually a flight attendant for United and she was doing international runs to Argentina at the time. And she's like, oh, I'll sign up with you. Neither one of our husbands wanted to take a class. She said, let's try and do Argentine tango because I go to some of these exhibitions when I'm in Argentina. Well, they weren't offering Argentine tango. So we ended up, she, because of her flight schedule, could only do a particular day of the week. So we signed up for they did a half an hour of, it was rhythm classes, so it was like a half an hour of cha-cha and then a half an hour of rumba for the month. And that's what I started with. My neighbor took the first month and then she stopped. And I was loving it, so I kept going. And then every month I kind of took a little bit different class and they would have these ballroom parties. And it's so funny when I think back, they would have the ballroom party and I would go and they would, you know, they didn't tell you what they were going to play. Although there is a studio in the Cleveland area that actually puts a playlist out for their parties. And you could see the order of what, what song they're going to play throughout the whole night. And like maybe a waltz would come on and everybody would get up and dance. And I'd be like, how do they know what dance to do? And my teacher would say, oh, you'll, you'll know. I'm like, how do you, how do you know a waltz from a foxtrot? And how do you know a, a bolero from a rumba? Like, I don't understand. And he's like, once you learn, you'll, you'll know. And now that I think back, I'm like, how naive I really was. I didn't really know anything. I did know, I did see PBS professionals uh, with the Ohio Star Ball when that was on yes. TV. I had no yeah, idea that they Duncan. did program. Yes. I mean, <laughs> way back in the day. And right. I didn't know that you could do pro-am. Right. And I was, I, I took lessons for a year and the, the teacher that I had never did ballroom. He was new to the studio. He was more in the salsa circuit and like a Lindy circuit. And the competition, the Cleveland dance sport was coming up and the studio owner said, we want to get some visibility for the studio. Would you compete? And I was like, what? No, like I'm not a professional. I don't. I don't even know anything. And they're like, no, you. There's different levels and age groups. And I said, sure, I'll do the studio a favor and had somebody make me a dress. And I stoned it myself and really was had no clue. And but I got out there. I loved it. I was hooked. It was like this is it. I knew like I, this was meant to be. Yeah. That was that was the that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> right. It is so funny. It is so addicting. And for people like we have we have a lot, you know, we've I mean it's addicting for a number of reasons. It's addicting because it's just fun if you love music and you love to move. I mean, it's just fun. It's addicting for me because it's something that my husband and I get to do together. And it's just really fun to do that with him. Um, I have lots of friends, though, whose husbands don't want to dance or whose wives don't want to dance. And they dance with, you know, either other partners and their spouses come and watch um, or they dance pro-am. And 
it's just a really fun um, sort of community to be a part of. We've made so many great friends through dancing. And I mean, like, not just friends in our studio, but for example, like you and, and lot, you know, uh, Pat and I love to go to Ohio Star Ball and we dance the amateur open championships because we get to see all of our friends from when we danced pro-am. And right. that's a big Which is how you and I met. Right. We actually right. danced each, against each other way we back did. in the day. We did. And you always beat my butt, but that's okay. I still <laughs> like you. <laughs> I don't know what, I, it's so funny. I have to say, though, there are, I mean, there's a lot of great um, women in the dance community in the Cleveland area, but there's probably like 10 women that over the years, you being one, all in different cities that I really right. look forward to when they are going to be at a competition to connect and have a drink and, or do exactly and talk and, and talk about our kids and our dance journeys. Exactly. And, and yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite of parts. Yeah. And that's a huge part of the addiction. I think for me and Pat too, is just the fellowship with people who have like a common interest and, you know, there's a lot of unspoken, you know, our friends who don't dance think we're nuts because we're in the studio all the time. <clears throat> we um, spend a ridiculous amount of money on traveling for ballroom and entering competitions and costumes. But, you know, there's that's our thing. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad to connect with you, Sandy. And, uh, and also to spread the word on your fabulous company. Is there... Anything else as we wrap up? Is there anything else um, you'd like to um, to let our listeners know? Actually, just thank you so much for having me. I mean, we go back a long way, and you've always been really supportive of me when I started this business and of my dancing. So I appreciate that. The only thing I would, I guess, I would want to mention regarding the business is I do have a website. Once COVID hit, because we weren't really the shop wasn't open. I have not touched the website, take it down because I don't really do much business on the website. Really for any dress vendor, it's hard to keep a website current. You have dresses that come and go all the time and to upload and remove pictures is very hard. So if right. you look at my site, please, that's not even like, doesn't even represent the quality and the amount of quantity I have, I think I'm going to have somebody take it down or I'll try and revamp it, but go to our Facebook page, with, which is Ballroom Bliss Dresses. You, I just started an Instagram page, which is Blissfully Ballroom. Um, and send me a message if I can help you, you know, I'm help you find a dress. Yeah, and I will say also, Sandy is um, one of a handful of uh, people in uh, that I have given full posting privileges to in my um, private Facebook group, which is called Amateur Ballroom Dancers. So if you are in Amateur Ballroom Dancers already, um, Sandy posts maybe twice a week, maybe three times a week at the most. She does not ever abuse her posting privileges. Um, and you can scroll through um, that a new speed if you're already a member and there's typically a couple dresses up whenever she gets a new dress she posts it um and if you're not a member go ahead and uh request to join because there's it's chock full of good information and be sure to look at the show notes i will make sure that all of sandy's contact information is in the show notes 
And that's all the time we have for today. Sandy, thanks again for taking Thank a you, Antoinette. with me. You're welcome. It was welcome. great talking to you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're enjoying Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife, click the share button, leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, keep on dancing.